0: Drawing room over here. You made it. Oh, come on through. Do you fancy drink? What's your tipple? Pomp around western Cape York, far north Queensland, we see a tropical landscape, crystal clear waters, green mangroves, plenty of crocs and the hot, hot sun. A picture of paradise. But in the deep north, the communities are small, remote and almost impenetrable. When the law breaks, no one's around to hear it. The documentary The Cape investigates the true story of two family clans, the Gators and the Wards. In 2003 when father and fisherman Bevan Simmons, who married into the wards and his son Brad goes to check their nets one morning and never return, the community and law enforcement suspect the gators have something to do with
1: it. Professional fishing is the second oldest profession in the world after prostitution. You know, and I'm a killer. I'm a natural born killer. I love killing things. If you haven't got a criminal record, you don't live in the Gulf.
0: That's just a short clip from this gripping new documentary, The Cape. Its directors, Michael Ware and Justine Rosenthal, join me in the studio. Welcome to you both. Thank you for having us. Justine, as an American who's an expert in international affairs and terrorism, but also worked in film and TV in Hollywood, I have to ask, what drew you to this story out of a remote community in northern Queensland?
2: Well, it does feel like it's a little bit off the beaten path, as it were. Um, But I think that what drew me to it, and both of us, if I can speak for Michael, um, was a sense that there are some universalities, no matter where you are in the world, no matter what the subject matter may be. And here, some of that power was about all of the small choices that we make in our lives, where those bits of our fate take us. Uh, More than anything, it was about making an elegy and a tribute to the victims, Brad and Bevan Simmons, who we felt had sort of been forgotten in the broader potentially salacious story of the disappearance and then again about our humanity and where we can be pushed to when we are in a vast expanse in a bizarre faraway place.
0: Michael you were raised in Queensland uh, but you've been overseas in Baghdad uh, from the early 2000s when this trial was being played out in the media in Australia what drew you to this story?
1: Well, several things. One is uh, I also had a bizarre connection. When I came home from Baghdad one year for Christmas, I was at a family Christmas party and a Far North Queensland police officer was there and he happened to say to me, oh, mate, right now we're knee-deep in this thing, these two fishing families and the murder of this father and the son. And that was way back in 2003 and it, it struck me so much that it lodged somewhere in the back of my brain so that 18 years later when we were asked to direct this, immediately said yes. It, it, it's because this may be a small Queensland crime story, but it, it does have universal truths to be ex- discovered and explored. I mean, there's there's the nature of guilt, for example. There's the perpetrators, then there's those who are around the perpetrators, and, and the guilt keeps rippling out. I mean, we, we found witnesses who say, oh looking back now I could see this coming and I I feel like now I question should I have done something back then and so it's also about the nature of, of guilt but also because you know let's not forget this is a a unique universe in a in a far-flung part of Queensland that even I didn't know existed where, There's just no law. Yeah,
0: unique is one way to put it. Colourful, wild are other ways. You've got some fantastic characters in here that really draw a very visceral picture of this part of Australia. You know, and the fishing communities who live and work there. This doco is pretty explicit that outsiders aren't welcome. In fact, it's not really a safe place for them, you know, outsiders to visit. Justine, was it hard to earn trust?
2: Well, I mean, I think that in some ways Michael can speak to this. Better than I because he is the one who brings out these voices, and I trust him to do that. And then I try to take what he's managed to glean from these people and the honesty um, that he brings forth in them and take that a step further. But I think there are concentric circles of belonging up in the Cape from the indigenous communities who truly do belong and are a part of that and don't fight with the nature of the place into then these fishing communities, which are another level inside but yet outside, and then the victims that we now know were really outsiders in this land. And Michael, who came as an outsider and tried to elicit a sense of belonging with them.
0: We were talking off air, Michael, about how you flew from you know, Cairns to Tennant Creek to mm. Sydney, tracking down these missing puzzle pieces, these family members. So is it the case of earning the trust of one that leads you to the other?
1: Oh, yeah, it, it, it's very much you've got to, you, you build from one and then, and then you go to the other. And Look, there's no secret to it, mate. It's simple. It's authenticity.
0: Journalism 101.
1: You've just got to be authentic. And, you know, they, you know, everyone you're talking to needs to develop a trust, but that comes from you being genuine and allowing them to be them and to tell their story their way. And some of these people had never had the chance to do that, particularly the family of the victims. Because there's not just two families here. Yes, there's two fishing clans up there who once were going to join but now are rival feuding clans. But there's a third family and that's the family of the outsider who was brought in and he and his son were the ones who were murdered. So their story has never been told. And so that was very compelling to us too.
2: And I think we came without agenda, and I think that people can feel that. We didn't already know what story we wanted to tell. I think we knew we had some driving forces in the fact that we did want to make sure the victims' voices were finally heard in some way, but the rest was there to unfold.
0: So you must have had some suppositions challenged in this time. The reporting back to the Cannes Post in 2003 around the, the crimes and the trial really sort of set a tone that would be easy to follow and be in lockstep with. How do you keep an open mind, Justine?
2: I think we took all of that exactly and put it off to the side and said, forget any premise that there is to who is guilty, who is innocent, and what happened, and let's start as if we know nothing.
1: And, and I have to tell you, you know, there was a double murder trial here. You know, the grandmother and the son from one clan were tried for murder of the father and the 10-year-old son. When you read the court transcripts, and if you read them closely, there was a great untold story buried within the trial and it's almost like the prosecutors had left breadcrumbs waiting for someone to follow the trial and pick them up and it astounded us that no one had done that and it was a very human story that had been laid out and so that's what leapt out to us immediately and we could see that there was vast aspects of this this you know people think it's a well-known tale that had never been told and voices that had never been
0: heard the 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 pictures uh, the vision of this documentary are really striking the sea life you know the livelihoods that take place on the sea uh, you know they're either serene or dark and dangerous all at the same time you know you have a barramundi suffocating on a boat a a saw shark stuck in the net there Mm -hmm. is that feeling of menace that something bad's going to happen. These seem like perfect and, you know, natural metaphors. Which came first, the writing or the pictures, Justine?
2: I think first there was a measure of writing in figuring out what we thought we might find as we were going up to the Cape and understanding there was going to be the nature above ground or above the water, one below, and then there were going to be these characters who we hoped in some way you felt you were sitting next to in the pub and just hearing how their stories went. And once we got there, the level, well, the vastness of the landscape and the extreme nature of the violence became even more apparent, and that that was going to become a part of our visual language, a set of a palette, I was always calling it, of five or so things that we keep revisiting to explain to the viewer, this is what this world is really like up there.
0: Because if you never go, you never really know, do you? Uh, Joining me on RN Drive is Michael Ware and Justine Rosenthal. We're discussing their fantastic new documentary, The Cape, which is out on Stan. I'll give you some details shortly here on RN Drive. Michael, you're a foreign correspondent for CNN and for Time magazine for many, many years, arguably spending more time in Iraq and Afghanistan than any other foreign journalist that uh, must have taken a pretty big toll on you you've said that you were happy to leave the adrenaline rush and the big, dangerous stories behind you. But did any of this work relive any of those sensations for you?
1: Yeah, yeah it, it certainly did. And there was a certain familiarity. I mean, okay, on one level, this is a very small-scale thing. This isn't, this isn't the US war machine rolling out into the cradle of civilization and rattling it to its core. This is two families, this is a dad and his 10-year-old son. But... There there was something so much broader there. But take away the landscape. When I went up there, what was most reminiscent for me, it felt like I was driving back up Taliban valleys in Afghanistan as I was motoring up these snaking mangrove rivers, heading up into these areas of the unknown where there's... People who control these areas, who pose certain questions, certain
0: threats, certain cultural mandates as well. Absolutely, it's it's almost
1: it's almost tribal. Mm. It's almost tribal. And like in Afghanistan, everyone in the village knows who is the Taliban. They know where they are and they know where they're hiding, but they're never going to tell you. And I found that precise same thing happening with this story. So if anything, it, it, it eerily evoked a sense of, in, of investigation and exploration from Afghanistan just in an incredibly tropical and hostile environment.
2: Well, don't we say, I think it's back to the heart of darkness all over again. We're always sending you up river <laughs> to go see what's there. Yeah, this time it was a literal
1: river, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yes, the darkness, indeed. Justine, as I mentioned earlier, your career has had an extraordinary trajectory. In addition to your award-winning TV work, you've also been editorial director for the Newsweek Daily Beast Company, editor of the prestigious The National Interest Foreign Policy Journal. You've lectured and worked at the Brookings Institution as well as the Council on Foreign Relations. You were also an assistant to Treasury Secretary Robert E. Rubin. And now that I've made you feel- <laughs>
2: Really embarrassed, yeah. Uh,
0: well, but your years perhaps uh, are adding up. Uh, No question, is living in Australia and pursuing some of these stories an equal challenge to understand the world around you?
2: Gosh, um, I think sometimes it's not only equal but broader and greater. Um, I've always been helping people, I hope, give their voice, whether it's in some sort of turgid foreign policy article that's running through policy for Iraq or Afghanistan Um, to helping formulate economic policy. This is about sort of human storytelling, finding the best way to telegraph an idea, a thought, our humanity. And talking about our humanity now, as opposed to just how we're all going to uh, move the puzzles around in great power politics, is in some ways more satisfying. Um, Again, it's all storytelling, but now I can do the human part of it as opposed to be divorced from it.
0: And perhaps more rewarding too i'm sure well it's literally a a gripping documentary i can't recommend it enough the cape is part of the sydney film festival it will be released on stan later this month michael ware and justine rosenthal thank you so much for being my guests thank you you've been listening to a podcast of the drawing room with me andy park For more great conversations, search for The Drawing Room on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.